It's game time. Spill and tea and talk in sports. You're listening to the Game Day Tea Podcast mm-hmm. with your host, my name, D. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a newest episode of the Game Day Tea. I am your host, D. Gill. You can follow my podcast everywhere you like to listen, Apple, Spotify, at your mama house, wherever. But at the Game Day Tea, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, D. Gill, D-G-I-L-T-M. Everybody, welcome to this episode. I am so happy because I have finally found an out professional sports wrestler i am beyond myself because i've been wanting to do this so long and i have finally found the perfect one for my episode his name is jay badal jay welcome to the game day team oh thank you i am so honored to be here my name is jay badal and i am first of all i am blessed excited thank you so much for contacting me it honestly to me is honored to be on here with you no problem. Jay is one half of the bad bitches, and he's trained by Gang Girls Wrestling Asylum, and he's currently with Future Stars Wrestling. But Jay, let me tell you now, <laughs> the reason why I chose chose you is because the red Louis Vuitton pants sold was sold. I was like, okay, the pants, the hair, the attitude, the nails, like you were saying, masculine, feminine type of a persona. I loved it. Tell me, how did this even become? You know what? It's really weird in this world of wrestling. Um, we, I noticed a lot of people, they try to play a character. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like when you try to play a character, the fans know that you're trying to play a character. They're like, okay, you know, he's playing a wrestler. He's not being a wrestler. Yep. And, you know, you'll see people, they'll dress up a certain way. You know what I mean? And then, like, they leave their, uh, they leave the wrestling ring and then they're just, you know, back to their regular selves. Uh, I found that turning yourself up to a thousand percent is the best way to be able to connect to a crowd because they're able to say, hey, you know what? That's really who he is. He's just not going out there and being himself. And prior to that, I'd been actually wrestling for about four years, three, four years, uh, playing this other character where I was like, okay, I'm a raver. Ah, and I would just go out there and, you know, be a quote unquote raver. Ah, and nobody would connect. And then I started saying, okay, you know, I started seeing uh, wrestlers such as Jamie Senegal or Sonny Kiss, who's in uh, AEW right now, the second biggest wrestling promotion in the world, um, being themselves, you know, just being, being their gay selves. And I was like inspired. And I said, hey, you know what? Like I could be a version of that. You know, like I like, you know, I'm from, you know, South Florida, you know, mm. Broward, Miami Dade. So there I we like go. To- Go to clubs, (laughs) yes, party, you know, like uh, I grew up on Nicki Minaj, you know, listening Mm -hmm. to, you know, Remy Ma, you know, even Cardi. And I was like, well, let me incorporate that into wrestling. Yeah. And when I see your, um, first of all, if you all want to see what I saw and made me uh, so in tune to Jay, you can go on his Instagram. It's the the Jay Vidal, T-H-E-J-A-I-V-I-D-A-L. And I, I saw you like I didn't it didn't look fake. It looked like the real you. And I have talked to other LGBTQ athletes, Jay, and they have told me when you come out and you yourself, you perform better. Like you don't have to have this 
persona that oh i have to act a certain way it's like when you when you feel good and you're out you perform better i'm do you share that same uh feeling as well a thousand percent yeah i mean uh especially in professional wrestling um people think it's uh you know just the moves Mm-hmm. And even when I try to help newer students out, I always tell them, listen, you could do a triple backflip off the top rope. If you watch anybody in WWE, you know, they don't remember the guy who did the dive to the outside. They remember, you know, the Undertaker because he was, you know, the dead man. You know, he rolled his eyes to the back of his head. And, you know, they remember, you know, characters and people that connect with the crowd. Stone Cold, you know, mm-hmm. they connected with him because, you know, who doesn't want to fight their boss? Exactly. <laughs> Stuff like that, you know, so it's it's a connection and when you're your authentic self as i said you know you connect more with the crowd they're more behind you yeah and you're so much your authentic self you have a couple of moves that really stood out to me like the power bottom bomb (laughs) (laughs) the hurricane soup suplex the bad bitch combination this this dude right here he knows who he is and he's living his truth right here tell me how did you come up with some of these names for some of your moves Okay, uh, so my tag team partner, um, he is Parada. You can follow him at uh, I am Parada on Instagram. Um, we were actually having a tag team match at Future Stars of Wrestling. It was actually our second tag team uh, match together. And I remember we were trying to come up with a finishing move. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, what if I hit him with this, you hit him with this, and I hit him with this, boom, boom, bam. We got it all together. And right before we went out there, I jokingly said to one of uh, the other wrestlers, because, you know, we always like, you know, we joke around. Uh, Luckily, we're very uh, blessed to be in a very open environment where, you know, like we have a lot of straight allies that love and care for us. Mm -hmm. And I looked at one of them. I said, yeah, I'm gonna call that the BBC, the bad bitch combination. (laughs) (laughs) And right before before we hit it, I'm gonna say, you know, Parada, bad bitch combination, B, B, C. Yeah. And oh my God. Yeah, you know, and that's how it came about. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, if you go on Jay's Instagram, you can see that uh, combination on there. It's pretty unique. Uh, your athleticism jumps out to me off, off the back. I mean, I've been watching wrestling since you know like you said undertaker stone cold steve austin all that (laughs) but um no i've been i've been watching wrestling but you sir you backflips off the rope like how were you do you have a gymnast background like how did you even get that athletic you know what i actually uh nothing interesting but i did gymnastics for three months when i was in third grade (laughs) wow and you just kept it from there huh yeah, it just like it was all the stretching, you know, you almost like in those three months, I was able to see how to be able to move my body. Um, and it was working with other wrestlers that really um, pull the best out of me. There's these three stop top uh, independent wrestlers right now that I train constantly with. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, his name is Damien Drake. I actually wrestled him. He was the first one to take my power bottom bomb, uh, as you saw <laughs> my Instagram. <laughs> I did. Wow. <laughs> Uh, another one is his partner, Matt Vandergriff, and another one is uh, Lacey Ryan, who her husband actually uh, trained John Cena, which is pretty awesome. Whoa. Yeah, and, you know, they're very, like, you know, they know how to control their body, you know, and they bring out the best of me whenever we train. They're like, you know, because it really is more, they say, you know, it's more guts than anything else. So once you get off that top rope and you leave your feet and you're able to see, oh, that wasn't so bad, mm-hmm. you know, you're able to 
confidently do it out there in front of a crowd and they I cannot credit them enough with being able to bring that out of me. Wow. And like you said, you exude confidence in, in the ring. I want to back up a little bit because I want to know were you always a confident person? Like, what was your coming out story? What like was it peachy and cream? Did you have a little bit of adversity? Like, I want my listeners to know that about you. Oh my goodness, I've actually never told this uh, in this live of a setting. So let me. My coming out story is more unique than others. Okay. Um, I didn't actually get to choose to come out. I uh, I was always in the closet up until I was about 13 and there used to be these social media sites such as um it's now called meet me back in the day it was called myyearbook.com okay and it'd be like where young people would go on there and you know connect it'd be it was what tinder was before tinder okay and it was like you know laptop computer era and, and you know I started getting on there because I didn't know any gay guys around my area I was still to everybody else three mm-hmm. um and I started changing my profile to gay and finding these gay guys. And uh, well, you're 13 and you know, you don't have any uh, physical contact with you know anybody else. So you start learning what trading nudes is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I actually um, traded nudes with somebody and it turns out that they were uh, running um, basically a child pornography ring. <gasps> And they thought that I was like an old man, you know, just like exchanging pictures. Of, My mouth is uh, yeah. open, you guys that are, listen- that are listening. My mouth is open right now. <laughs> yeah, they thought I was like, you know, uh, you know, some adult man trying to trade pictures with these, you know, young guys. So yeah. they basically, uh, we got a call. I was living at Coral Springs, Florida at the time. We got a call from the Coral Springs uh, Police Department. It was so early in the morning. I remember I was getting, I was like in ninth grade, getting ready to go to high school. Um, and my dad comes into my room and he's like, okay, okay. Yeah, this is all in Spanish. And he's like, I just got a call from the police department. We need to go over there. He's like, do you know what? And they told me the, they told me to come over and bring my son, you know, like if I, or like bring a boy in the household, if, if I, if there is one, he's like, do you know what this is about? I'm like, no, I don't know. In the back of my head, it's like, could it be? No, you know, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know. Right trying to talk myself out of it any which way shape or form we get to Coral Springs Police Department and there's like an investigator lady with a manila folder and she walks straight over to my dad and she's like upset she's like come with me and my dad gets up from the chair and he's like um Josh which Josh is uh, my real name he's like Josh come on and she looks over at me and she says oh opens up the folder, looks back at me, like takes like a double glance and then says, okay. And then we get into the elevator and right on the manila folder, it says myyearbook.com. And she sits and stopped. Oh, <laughs> I was like, it was the worst fear ever. It's like, I had to come out. I'm not ready to come out. Mm-hmm. And it, so we're sitting in this like it was me my mom and my dad and we're sitting in this like private investigation you know like those like uh, interview rooms Mm -hmm. and she says i have a tv back here we recorded everything on a disc she's like all conversations and stuff do you want to tell them or do you want me to tell them and i said i (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've been, uh, I'm actually, you know, curious about my sexuality. I think, you know, I lied. I said uh, bisexual because I thought it would hit a little bit easier. You're right. I said, I, I'm bisexual. You know, I, 
I've been trading news with guys I've met online. And yeah. they were just so, they weren't disappointed. Uh, and he made, my dad made this abundantly clear, like that he was not disappointed at the fact that I, you know, that I was gay because he loves me no matter what. Mm-hmm. He was more so just disappointed that, you know, I was trading pictures with people online. And we had just moved uh, from an apartment to a trailer at that time. And they told us that they tried to go to the apartment and we weren't there. So the very next choice would have been to have to arrest my dad at work because, you know, they had to. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is so that was my coming out story. <laughs> right. I those of you are listening, I am that I have never heard anything like that. I mean, you know, Jay, my coming out story to my parents, they found a letter between me and my so-called boyfriend at the time, and then they confronted me about it. But that that ones up my coming out story times a hundred right there. <laughs> wow. So you you how about how old were you? You're 13, right? Okay, so you you come out, did you feel like out and open with everybody else and your friends and the rest of the family? Well, slow. So it happened like it happened in this strange way where I came out and we kind of talked about it and we just never talked about it again. So for like from like 13 to 17 ish, 18 ish, never discussed it. Never just didn't Mm. talk about it at all. And um, my mom and dad ended up getting, we're getting a divorce at that time. Um, and my dad had met another woman. There's like, you know, they'd been divorced for about a year. Mm-hmm. In the process of it, my dad met another woman uh, between that year. And I remember my dad, uh, he asked me, we were in the car and he's like, so my girlfriend um, wants to know if you're gay. And I told her that I don't care because you're my son. Oh. And I love you, and I just want you to be happy. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I actually, uh, I guess, re came out to them, yeah. like at eighteen. Um, but I will say, from thirteen to about seventeen, eighteen, mm-hmm. I did not, wasn't really open. Uh, I tried to be open as I could with some of my friends. Like I would tell some of them. Uh, it was unfortunately, you know, it's like Deerfield Beach. It's you know Pompano Beach. Shout out Kodak Black. It's kind of the hood over there. Yeah. Um, so people are raised, you know, with this bias on and, you know, just like this prejudice on gay people. So I actually did come out to one of my friends and he ended up punching me. Oh. Um, oh. And like two of the other friends were in the room at that time. And I came out to one of them and he was like, bro, like he's never tried to hit on us. He never. And then like the friend who punched me actually apologized. And we're actually friends to this day. Okay. And that's good. Yeah. Well, that's. That's interesting. I, I do know some people from that area. I went to college in Daytona Beach, Florida at Bethune-Cookman University for uh, two years down there. I was in a marching band and I have met some people down there. And I so I do know the type, of, <laughs> the type of, you know, I know what you went through down there. Okay, that's all I got to say. But, um, Florida's Florida. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but wow. So now, though, I would have never known you would have went through that type of experience because you are your personality if i had to pick a lgbtq wrestler to represent the lgbtq community jay it would have to be you because you you are everything that what we want to show especially the youth right in sports that is more specifically that you can be yourself and you can be good at what you do and there's nothing wrong with what you like and so I really, really appreciate that with you. And I know there's some people 
in their youth looking at looking up to you and i want to ask you when you were younger and when you first started your wrestling career who did you look up to that gave you that inspiration to really be yourself and uh, to be the best wrestler you can be oh man you know there wasn't really like for me growing up personally there wasn't really a lot of like out lgbtq wrestlers mm -hmm. the first like wrestler that i heard of i was about like oh man i want to say 16 at the time when darren young came out and it was amazing to me how he came out because a, a TMZ, he was like, you know how TMZ follows, you know, celebrities and stuff around like airports. Oh, yeah. They followed him and they didn't, I, I forgot exactly how he came out, but I don't even think it was like a related thing. And he just said, yeah, I'm gay. And he's like, what? You're gay? And, yeah, and went uh, in, huh? <laughs> yeah. And he said, yep, I'm gay. Kind of like, you know, like, is there a problem with it? <laughs> And then, like, WWE ended up putting out, like, a statement, like, that they support uh, Darren Young, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. to me, that was, like, whoa, like, you know, there's, like, a shift going on here to, like, where you can be gay in wrestling. Pause that thought right there, Jay, for me. We have to take a quick little break. We'll be right back from the top ropes, that is, with the Game Day Tea. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Game Day Tea. I am your host, D. Gill, and I am talking to Jay Vidal, the wonderful out-pro wrestler. With all that being said, my first two years in the wrestling world, I actually didn't, I was still in the closet because there was still a lot of like closet homophobia. Where I started training wasn't actually Gang Girls Wrestling Asylum. It was another school that uh, won't be named, but the owner and promoter there was homophobic. Mm. And, you know, they would always say like, you know, homophobic slurs and stuff. So I would always just kind of keep quiet. And be like, yeah, man, I love women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Gangrel, uh, who was in the WWF, uh, WWF, WWE in the late 90s and early 2000s. And to his credit, man, he's like 50 and he's still wrestling, you know, like still going at it. So and he could still hang and even, you know, bring people up. Mm -hmm. um, he was like a guest trainer over there. And I remember he took me under his wing. He would always have me pick him up. Even though he had a car, he would always have me pick him up and drop knowledge. And to me, that was amazing because I'd be like, whoa, like I grew up watching this guy and, you know, he's dropping knowledge. And uh, I trusted one of the other wrestlers and told them that I was gay and they told him. And I remember that we were uh, in a car one time and he's like, he would always ask me if I was gay and I'd always brush it off. Like, ah, no. Um, ah, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, he asked me and he says, hey, like, our, he's like, he's like, he calls me Twilight because I look like Jacob from Twilight. Okay. Uh, so he's like, hey, Twilight. Uh, he's <laughs> like, he's like, let me ask you a serious question. He's like, seriously, are you gay? I'm like, no, no, gang girl, you know, I'm not gay. He's yeah. like, listen, I take my time and I drop a lot of knowledge on you. And, you know, like, I just would appreciate it if you told me. And like that part hit my heart. And I'm like, ah, yeah, he really, he really does. So I said, I'm, yeah, I'm gay. And he's like, well, why don't you tell everybody? And he's like, and, I, and I, he said that to me. And I said, well, you know, like the, the promoter's homophobic, this, this, and that. And he's like, F that. There's other places to work. This isn't the only place to work. If the promoter doesn't like you uh, because he's homophobic, then he's a terrible promoter. He shouldn't be in wrestling anyways. Mm -hmm. You need to live out your truth. And that hit my heart. Um, mm -hmm. He ended up actually opening up his own school of, you know, Gang Girls Wrestling Asylum, mm -hmm. where I was uh, one of the first few students um, there. There's about two years into my wrestling career. He retrained me from the ground up, uh, you know, got rid of my old bad habits, taught me some good new habits. Mm -hmm. And I remember within the first week of me uh, being over at 
the asylum, um, Gang Girls Wrestling Asylum, he put up a pride flag because he got like different flags out there. Wow. Like of different countries. So he's got the pride flag. He's like, Twilight, look, I got your flag right there. Wow. And I, I bet it, that was so special. Uh, Oh man, like when I say he's like a dad to me, like that's literally I I can't, you know, go any higher with that. Like he yeah. calls and checks up on me and mm -hmm. and, and you know, Jade, I know some people listening out there, some athletes, former athletes, didn't have that experience that you did to have somebody so accept accepting of your sexuality, especially in sports, right? And but just to hear that, that really warms my heart. And if you're somebody out there listening right now and you're an athlete and you don't really feel comfortable on your teammates, a whole bunch of homophobic slurs and derogatory statements. And if you can, if you can try to find somewhere that's more inclusive. You know, yeah. I know there's a lot of different factors. I know people just can't get up and leave a college or get up and go to another state, but go find resources, um, people to talk to because you're not alone. And you, you, and there's people like Jay that you can see their story and be inspired to maybe get that push to do something about that situation. Maybe have talk to your coach, talk to your teammates about what's going on and tell them, hey, you know, that's not okay. So Jay, that's excellent. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. And I agree on that a thousand percent, you know, like it's mm -hmm. go where you feel comfortable and go where you're accepted and go where you're loved. Because at the end of the day, like that will push you, push you to the moon, especially if it's with you doing something that you love. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned Nicki Minaj previously. I just are you a Barb's? Are you are you a big Nicki Minaj fan or? <laughs> I, I'm not like a toxic barb because like, you know, I feel like there's some barbs that are just like toxic to, you know, where any other female that comes in the game, like, you know, they're like, ah, me, yeah. I love female rap. Female mm -hmm. rap to me is like, it's a make, cause like, you know, growing up it was really only Nicki Minaj. She was the only one in the game. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when Cardi B started coming in and, you know, they had like their, you know, their little beef, which was just brought up by, you know, people being like, yeah. oh, you know, um, then, you know, Megan was able to slide in in that point. And then, yeah. you know, City Girls as well. And it was like this beautiful thing where now, you know, there's so much, and you know, you have Mulatto, there's so much uh, inclusion. Doja yeah. Doja Cat, yeah, so you know, Saweetie. And mm -hmm. there's, you know, this, I, I just find something so beautiful when there's uh, femininity in a masculine dominated world. Yeah. And they're able to do it a lot of times even better than the guys. Yeah. And that's why I brought this up because I wanted to know how they, how do they have an influence? Those rappers have influence on your wrestling. Oh man, I really, I definitely want to say, you know, like I base a lot of that, that attitude off of, you know, like I live before matches, I will listen to, you know, to Nikki or to mm -hmm. Cardi and, you know, just like hype myself up for it, you know? Yeah. I'll put on some, like, you know, some welcome to the party, you know, remix or some Peace Pop Smoke, you know, I'll put on that remix, <laughs> and, you know, yeah. listen, you know, and it's like, okay, yeah, like, you know, like, let's go, let's, 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 let's get ready, let's do this. I love it. And, you know, she, uh, you know, people like Nikki who, you know, said that they're gonna be the very best at, you know, in that in that uh niche right there yeah and she's doing it and i'm you know that's what i'm out to be and hopefully in the process i could you know i could inspire people to to do the same and it, at the end of the day it's also being the i'm a firm believer in being the best version of yourself because exactly. you're not really competing with anybody like that's all i always say that that's all an illusion it's all you know something to throw you off that you're competing with people because I love it. If it's meant for you, it's meant for you. And 
you can't, you know, get full while you're watching what else, what somebody else is eating, but you got food in front of you too. So just all you got to do is put in the work, you know, believe and eat and that's it. There you go. Hey, I, I love it. That's how you take music and rap and blend it with wrestling right there, y'all. <laughs> Question, favorite Nikki song? Oh, that's a hard one. Mm -hmm, gotcha. Oh, <laughs> man, favorite Nikki song. You know, like there's like the one that always comes to mind for some reason is Freedom. Mm. Cause I feel like, you know, that's like the, like she did that so long ago, but it's like the accumulation of her whole career, like right there. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I listen to that song and, you know, envision myself in the future, you know, like when it's all said and done. Yep. And I, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I, I absolutely love it. <laughs> I like moment for life. That, that song right there, that gets you like, she like like how you would probably want to feel if you're wrestling is like I, you want this moment for life you want this feeling of being on top you want this feeling of being yourself like you never want that to go so i'm pretty sure that's in your rotation as well absolutely yes absolutely and um yeah you know speaking of like moments and stuff uh i could honestly say just like transitioning that into wrestling man wrestling being out there it's you know you love something when nothing else matters. And whenever I'm out there in front of a crowd, man, nothing else matters. Like I could be going through heartbreak. I could be going through, uh, you know, pain in my family. And when I'm inside a wrestling ring, whether it's training or being out in front of a crowd, like absolutely nothing else matters. Mm -hmm. that, that's a beautiful feeling. And that's how I feel with this podcasting thing. You know, the, the yes. black that I get sometimes and, uh, sometimes Jay, when I put, I promote my uh, new podcast that come out and I don't get any likes on Facebook with my friends and all this other stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Nothing else matters. Cause it's, I'm doing what I like and I'm not doing yes. it to validate it for anybody else. I know there's people out there listening to it, but if nobody ever listened to my podcast a day in their life again, I know that what I'm doing matters to me the most. And so I, I really feel I really feel you on that statement right there. Exactly. And, you know, uh, people, you know, it's I, I was reading upon this uh, this thing and it said on, on that same note, because I had, you know, in wrestling, you do get that as well, where, you know, like I'll put up a thirst trap. Right. And I'll get like <laughs> 300 likes and yeah. then like uh, I'll put up like a video of wrestling and maybe get like 20 likes on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of them will be like from fans that added me and stuff and not, you know, from people closest to me or, you know, people that like grew up with me or, you know, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And I was reading upon this thing that said, well, it's usually because, you know, they realize that they had the same opportunities that you did, but they see you moving forward. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I mean? Yes. It's like, it's like, you know, that sense of, and you know, that, that just comes with the territory at the end mm -hmm. of the day. And we're still, I'm still guilty of that too. You know, I'm not even going to be naive and say that I, I don't fall into that, to that trap as well. Uh, <laughs> but with you just being openly yourself and wrestling for you, have you experienced homophobia and wrestling? Whether that was when you first started or even now to this day? Without a doubt. There's so, uh, there's these times when I'll go out um, in front of a crowd, especially like if I'm not solidified, um, Cause as an independent wrestler, like, you know, you're just, you're wrestling in different cities and so on and so forth. You're trying to, you're a starving artist. I always tell mm -hmm. people you're a starving artist. Like I, 
I learned how to deal cards um, at a like at about like 19, and I could be in Seminole Hard Rock, Florida, right now, you know, making like 30 or 40 dollars an hour. Mm -hmm. But it's a career, and you know, they're so demanding on schedule, so on and so forth. Um, so you know, like we give it up to go to be able to, to you know, to chase hard. That's just a little side though. Sorry about that. Like my brain is <laughs> transitioning, <laughs> but. Um, I with when it comes to that, I have had it to where I'll, I will wrestle in the city and there's like people in the crowd and, you know, they're like, oh, here comes this game. You know, oh, this is what we're doing. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that's I usually just try to change their mind on that and mm -hmm. be like, nah, like you're gonna I'm you're 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 gonna appreciate what I do in here. Like mm -hmm. I'm about to put on a performance to where you I'm going to be undeniable to you. There we go. And my partner and I actually had that happen. A few about a month and a half ago, we were doing a TV taping for Future Stars Wrestling here in Las Vegas, and there was a one of uh, the girlfriends of one of the wrestlers was saying, "Oh yeah, there were these guys right in front of us, and they were like, you know, oh wow, like you know, of course, you know, the you know, like just kind of being homophobic, you know, being covertly homophobic, right?" right and right. after the match, you know, they were like, "Wow, no, those guys are actually really good." Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love when uh, LGBTQ athletes are really good at what they do because it shuts so many of these damn haters up out here. It's like, yeah, we're we're, we're gay, but I will still whoop your ass in this ring. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. No tea. Period. You know. So. Period. I, I love it. I, I love it, and keep doing that because that's what's going to help um, change the narrative, right? We talk, I talk a lot about LGBTQ inclusion in sports, and I personally think myself, I can't speak for others, I think what will help LGBTQ inclusion in sports is actual good athletes too. You know, getting that respect, we shouldn't need to have that respect, but that respect is welcoming from our um, peers. Because it's just like, so what if I'm gay? I'm just like you, we're on the same team. Does that, what's the difference, you know, so exactly i uh, i was very blessed that uh when i was training with a uh, gang girl over at gang girls wrestling asylum mm -hmm. he would always tell me like you know when i told him when i presented him with this you know character i wanted to bring out dave idell and you know i said hey you know this is like who i want to be this is what i want to do and he's like we're gonna do it you know and he said you know like you're gonna like you know be you know be your flamboyant self mm -hmm. he's like but when you get in that ring it's go time and you know he because there are um which is no disrespect at all is who they are and i'm not hating that by any shape uh, way shape or form um but there is some athletes or you know lgbtq athletes that will get in there and you know will just um still be so show that you know it takes away from the wrestling mm -hmm. but when you're able you know like put that you know put this aside or incorporate it into like, you know, whatever it is that you do, but you know, come out like kicking ass, yeah. then that's really when you grasp the crowd and they're like, whoa, you know, like, right. yeah, he's playing boy. Yeah, he could go, he could go. Right, the power bottom bomb. Look, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just saying though, that's how you incorporate who you are and wrestling into one. And I saw the move and I was like, there's no way in 
hell, my ass would be getting up at that. <laughs> like that, you slammed that dude so hard. I said, this is the real deal right here. And <laughs> so I love like that you said that you got to blend it in who you are, but still kick ass. And so continue to do that, please, because I'm watching. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And listen, you continue to do your thing over here because I'll be watching too. And honestly, I'm like, I'm super honored to have you have me on this show. No I problem. really am. No problem. Just one last question. Do you yes. think there needs to be improvements with LGBTQ inclusion in wrestling? Right now, I feel like we're at this like renaissance where people are actually coming out more in wrestling. Mm -hmm. You know, they're feeling more comfortable to come out. Um, as I said, I'll credit um, wrestlers such as, um, and God forgive me if I leave any of them out, but like, you know, uh, Effie, or um, Sunny Kiss or Jamie Senegal, who, you know, um, are opening these doors or have opened these doors for inclusion in wrestling. And, you know, I see people, like when I say coming out, I mean like, they're just like, yeah, no, I'm gay. And people are like, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. hell yeah. Where maybe as 10 years ago, you know, people would be like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but no, 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 you're totally right. I, the The, the message is clear and the vis that you all are visible in wrestling, uh, even out sports that we produced a article with the top 100 LGBTQ wrestlers in 2020. And, um, I didn't make the list, but, um, uh, you were number 40 on the list and yeah. for, based off of what I was seeing, I think you need to be higher up there, to be honest with you. I, I can't tell you who's number one or everything, but if you're listening out there, the 2021, Jay's going to be in at least top five, okay? So we're claiming Period. that. We're putting, period. We're putting that in the <laughs> atmosphere. We're, you know, we're going to claim that right now, okay? But um, yeah, so you know, even to have 100 LGBTQ wrestlers even make that list possible says that there are some, uh, there are some grounds being made in, in visibility, so. You know what? And um, on on that note as well, um, I actually I remember that Kate the that specific one. It was like a number twenty one to forty, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, came out on Christmas Day, and I remember I was uh, over at one of the friends' houses, actually a professional wrestler as well. They were having like you know a little small Christmas um, get together. Only about like five people. <laughs> you know, we we're following all the restrictions. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and I, I was sitting um with my roommate, who's also a professional wrestler as well. And I was like, whoa, like, you know, like I had like, you know, a drink or two in me, you know, smoked a little bit. We'd legal um, out here in Vegas. Right, uh, right. <laughs> um, and I remember like looking at him and I'm like, whoa, like I, I was just included in this list. And I was so honored because it was only a year, you know, like late 2019 when I started like, you know, bringing this character out to life. Mm -hmm. And like, I remember just like going home and just thinking about how grateful I was. And from that to, you know, having a great match with a uh, Damian Drake recently on Future Stars Wrestling to actually wrestling this past Saturday. I um, wrestled in Arizona and I wrestled against uh, Alexander Hammerstone, who he's one of the top, top, like when I say top, top, I mean like top, top independent wrestlers wow. in the, in the world. And he, I was super nervous because I was only running on two hours of sleep and we did like a five hour drive to Arizona and I drove all the way. It was with other wrestlers, but I was like, no, I'll drive. It's okay. Yeah. 
in my head, I was like, oh, you know, I'm probably going to have like, you know, one like the students from that school or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I get there and the promoter's like, oh, you're facing hammer. So I'm like, whoa, okay. <laughs> it's go time. You know, like, come on, come on, Jay. Like, you know, get it together. You know, like, right. I'm about to, like go against this. And this guy is huge. Like when I say huge, I mean like huge. Wow. And he uh, actually, we had a, an amazing match and he ended up giving me a shout out. Uh, first of all, after match, we went to the back and, you know, or I'm sorry, actually before that, after the match, which we did not plan this out at all, um, I was getting ready to leave the ring. Uh, he won the match and he pushes the referee aside and then pulls me up. And I look up at him and I'm like, whoa, we're really doing this. And he just puts out his hand. And, you know, like I, of course, you know, shook his hand and he raised my hand and then he gets out of the ring and he, you know, as he walked around the crowd, he's like, that kid's really effing good. Whoa. And I was like, in my heart, like my heart smiled and melted. And I was like, whoa, like, you know, like that's the highest, mm -hmm. you know, honor you could get from somebody at that level. Yeah. And it goes back to like, you know, that respect from your peers thing. Yeah. And he actually ended up giving me a shout out on Twitter. And, you know, I gave some, yeah. you know, a small little Twitter follower from <laughs> There me. you go. Okay. Oh, that's amazing. See, good things can happen when you, when you be yourself and you, you do well in your own sport and, Jay, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I, I have to say this at the end of the episode. I say, always say, be true, be, be you, and be fierce. And I think you embody that whole statement entirely, you know, more than anybody I've come across in a long time. So everybody enjoy. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you enjoy stories like this and more interviews like this, you can listen to, to me on the Game Day T. All right, everybody, take care. Hey. Go out there, be yourself. Be yourself. That's all, period. <laughs> period. <laughs>